feast day of the purification. For Sexagesima Sunday, we read from the, apostle, from the epistle of the Apostle St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brethren, you gladly put up with fools because you are wise yourselves. For you suffer if it a man slaves you, if a man devours you, if a man takes from you, if a man is arrogant, if a man slaps your face. I speak to my own shame as though we had been weak in this matter, but wherein any man is bold, I am speaking foolishly, I also am bold. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I too speak, I, I to speak as a fool, am more, in many more labors, in prisons more frequently, in lashes above measure, often exposed to death. From the Jews five times I received forty lashes less one. Thrice was I scourged, once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered re shipwreck. A night and a day I was adrift on the sea, in journeyings often, in perils from floods, in perils from robbers, in perils from my own nation, in perils from the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils from false brethren, in labor and hardships, in many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, in fasting softened, in cold and nakedness. Besides those outer things, there is my daily pressing anxiety, the care of all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I am not inflamed? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that concern my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forevermore, knows that I do not lie. In Damascus, the governor, King Arethas, was guarding the city of the Damascenes in order to arrest me. But I was lowered in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. If I must boast, it is not indeed expedient to do so, but I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who fourteen years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows that he was caught up into paradise and heard secret words that man may not repeat. Of such a man I will boast, but of myself I will glory in nothing save in my infirmities. For if I do wish to boast, I shall not be foolish, for I shall be speaking the truth. But I forbear lest any man should reckon me beyond what he sees in me or hears from me. Unless the greatness of the revelations should puff me up, there was given me a thorn of the flesh a messenger of Satan, to buffet me. Concerning this, I thrice besought the Lord that it might leave me. And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for strength is made perfect in weakness. Gladly, therefore, I will glory in my infirmities, that the strength of Christ may dwell in me. Please stand for the Holy Gospel. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. At that time, when a very great crowd was gathering together and men from every town were resorting to Jesus, he said in a parable, The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside and was trodden underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. 
And other seed fell upon the rock, and as soon as it had sprung up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. Another seed fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Another seed fell upon good ground, and sprang up and yielded fruit a hundredfold. As he said these things, he cried out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But his disciples then began to ask him what this parable meant. He said to them, To you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to the rest in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, and those by the wayside are they who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, that they may not believe and be saved. Now those upon the rock are they who, when they have heard, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, but believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among the thorns, these are they who have heard, and as they go their way, are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not ripen. But that upon good ground, these are they who with a right and good heart, having heard the word, hold it fast and bear fruit in patience. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Our Lady, seat of wisdom, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. <coughs> My dear friends, to give you a little bit of a background for the epistle that is given today, St. Paul was writing to the Corinthians on account of the fact that they had been receiving other preachers, other disciples of our Lord, who were boastful, who made themselves to be better. They were very good preachers, apparently, for what we hear. They had a very important presence. And so the Corinthians actually despised St. Paul. They started thinking St. Paul wasn't such a great deal. These men were better. And that's why St. Paul actually calls them in this epistle. He calls them super apostles as a way to, to mark this supposed superiority. The fact was that St. Paul was an apostle and they were not. That's the reason for this, what they call the, the rant of St. Paul where he's telling them these are my credentials, all the things that I've suffered for you, all the things that I suffered for, to save your soul. It should not surprise us then that in our day and age we find sometimes dissensions and difficulties in parishes, in the church in general. If it happened with St. Paul, it's going to happen with us. We shouldn't feel bad about it. But that is the meaning of, of the epistle. That is why St. Paul is speaking of all these things. Today, however, I want to focus on the Gospel, because this Gospel is, I would say, one of the most important ones of the whole liturgical year. That's how important it is, I believe. And it is because if there was a key to the Kingdom of Heaven, if there was some password where you can, that you can use to figure out how to get all the graces that you made from the Church, from your faith, it's contained in this, this Gospel, this parable. I often tell you 
that we don't use our religion as much as we should, that we experience very little of it, really. Uh, I would say, I don't think you can put a number on this, but I would say that perhaps we only experience the 2% or the 3% of all the things that we could experience in our Catholic faith. Again, you can't really put a number on it, but the point to be made is that we don't really ever get all the stuff that we could. And a lot of the reason for that is that we're not well disposed. That's why we don't have the power that we could have. We don't practice virtue as we could. We don't have the cheerfulness and happiness that we would have if we were, if we were able to practice it. And today's gospel tells us why. In today's gospel, our Lord gives us a bird's eye view of the situation of souls and how different souls react to his grace. It is as if our Lord was saying to us, look, here I am, I have all this torrent of graces and blessings and all these good things that you could have, all these virtues that you could practice, all this wisdom that you could have, and I'm throwing it your way as a torrent, and you're the rock in the middle of the torrent, but many times it just goes past you on your side and you don't receive it, and it's because you're not well disposed. He tells us the four different cases, you know, the people that are the seed that falls among the thorns, the seed that falls on the wayside, the seed that falls by the rocks, and the seed that falls in good ground. Today, my dear friends, I do want to focus on the one that falls on the rocks, because it is fitting to our situation nowadays. Here I want to change the topic, I want to change the subject of the sermon very quickly, and then we will, we will go back to the parable. The seed that falls on the rocks represents those people that receive the word of God with joy, as he says, that receive the sermons, the confession, the reading, the sacraments, all those things, and are very cheerful and happy at that moment, but then when difficulty comes, when tribulation comes, when persecution comes, they wither away. Recently, there was a document that came out in the news, you've heard of it, I'm sure, where supposedly an agency of the government uh, was targeting Catholics. And they said in this document that radical traditional Catholics are dangerous and that they are extremists and they are a danger to the country. Who are these radical traditional Catholics? That is a very interesting part. Those would be the ones that go to the Latin Mass and those who hold the teachings of the Church. What was very interesting about this document that I found very interesting was that they said, apparently in one of the comments it said, it's not a problem, we, we don't have a problem with the Catholics that prefer the teachings before Vatican II and with the Catholics that prefer the Latin Mass, the radical extremists are the ones that do not acknowledge the new popes. They are the ones that do not take Vatican II as a valid council. Those are the dangerous ones. You might question the validity of this document. You might say, well, it's not like the FBI is targeting us. You know, they took it down. I'm sure nothing's gonna happen. And that's all good, it might be. Um, that's not my point today, though. I think that even if it doesn't happen now, it will happen at some point. 
And I certainly don't expect these agencies to be benevolent or supportive of Christianity, let alone Catholicism. I receive calls here and there and messages from people asking about this. And so I want to speak about what should our proper reaction be. There are two extremes that we can have. One is to be coward, to be afraid, to lay down our arms, to go and hide and be quiet. You know, it's that reaction that we have when oh, it looks like things are getting too heated, so I'm just going to be quiet. That would be wrong. The other extreme is to be rash and stupid and foolish and proud and go out there looking for trouble and go out there pretending to be a martyr when perhaps I haven't been called to that yet. These are two extremes and they are both wrong. What is the right approach? What should we do? The first thing is we should not fear. We should not fear because our Lord said it very clearly. Fear not those who can kill the body. Fear him who can throw the body and the soul into the jena, into hell, meaning fear God. He said, fear God, don't fear men. We should not be afraid and we should rather be bold in preaching the truth and continue to say the truth and continue to practice the truth. Because what our enemies want us to do is to stop being Catholics. And so the best answer that we can do is be more Catholic and more in their face. To have more of the truth up there in our hearts and in our face and in our forehead as you had it when you were confirmed with your faith in your forehead so that it would show. We should not be afraid and we should not give up. On the other hand, my dear friends, we do have to be prudent, cautious, and there are times where we might have to hide or to be discreet. You might ask me, Father, how do I know if I'm hiding or if I feel like I should hide? How do I know if it's out of fear or if it's out of prudence? Because it's very easy to deceive myself. You know, it would be very easy for me to say I'm hiding out of prudence, but it's really out of fear. How do you know? The, the thing that is going to prove, the thing that is going to tell you is this. If you're hiding in order to continue to do good, if you're hiding in order to continue to save souls or to continue to save your soul or the souls of your family, if you're hiding to continue to be able to preach the truth, that means that you're hiding out of prudence. And that is what we should do. Our Lord told his apostles, when they persecute you in one city, go to another. Why? Because it is more useful for you to live and preach. Your time will come. Your time will come where you will go to the cross, as it came for me. But in the meantime, you be discreet and you do more good, as much good as you can. Knowing these things and that this is our proper reaction somewhere in the middle, something that is also important to know, my dear friends, is that we ought to be cheerful when these things happen. We have to find some joy in it. I'll tell you a personal story because it illustrates that. I've been recently, as I told you, I think last sermon, I've been recently uh, reached out by many people, a few people, I should say, that are, you know, insulting me or telling me things and, and all kinds of stuff. And one of these men was telling me, show me your credentials. Where are your credentials? You know, you're not with the diocese. You're not with the Pope. 
And I said to him, well, I said to him many things. I gave him my credentials as much as I could. When this document came, I was very, very happy. These are our credentials. This document, you know, the government, this, this entity that is telling us that we are their enemy because we oppose their evil teachings, because we oppose their abortions, because we oppose their LGBT stuff, that's why we're dangerous. That's why we're their enemies. Those are my credentials right there. And I would tell these men, look, they're fine with the Vatican II Church. They're fine with the traditional Catholics that are only halfway traditional Catholics, you could say. They're not fine with me. I am their enemy. Those are my credentials. The words that our Lord said in the Gospel, if they persecute you, it is because they have persecuted me. Blessed are you. Blessed, happy are you when you're persecuted for justice sake, for my words. He says, rejoice, rejoice then, because yours is the kingdom of heaven. So my dear friends, if you ever ask yourself, am I in the right place? Am I on the side of Christ? Am I in the place where it's gonna lead me to heaven? Just look at yourself and see, is the world against me? If the world is against me, this horrible administration that supports, as I said again, abortion and LGBT and all that stuff, if this thing is against me, that means I'm in the right place. And I have those credentials, big ones, to show to whoever questions me. That's a reason to be very happy. There are two more questions that might come up, and I do want to address them. One is, Father, I'm afraid of suffering. What if there is a persecution? What if we have to suffer? Of these, my dear friends, we shouldn't be afraid either. Because the truth is, if that were to happen, we would suffer less. Remember that we all have to pay for our sins. We will have to pay for them at some point, either in this life, through agony, through indulgences that we pray, through our penances, or in the other life, in purgatory. Purgatory is horrible. It is excruciating. It is extremely difficult. What is given to us in persecution is the chance to pay for things here, to suffer here instead of in purgatory. So my friends, if persecution comes, you're not only not going to suffer more, no suffering will be added to you, you will suffer less and much less. And therefore we shouldn't be afraid. And the last question that you might ask is this, Father, all of that sounds very well. I would certainly like to not suffer more. But what if I don't persevere? What if they come and they persecute us and they put us in jail or whatever and I don't persevere? What if I give up my faith? And that, my friends, to end with the sermon, that brings us back to the parable today. Our Lord today is giving us the recipe to keep our faith the recipe to persevere in the state of grace. And let's look at all those four situations. Our Lord says, first, the seeds that fall by the roadside where the, de the devil, the birds, come and eat the seeds. That is the first thing we shouldn't do. Our Lord there is telling us, take away from your life 
sin and occasions of sin, everything that leads you to it, take it away so that that doesn't happen to you, that as soon as you listen to the sermon, as soon as you read something, as soon as you receive the sacraments, you fall again and the seed is taken away. So our Lord is saying, take away sin, take away the occasion of sin. The second that I want to speak about is when the seed falls among thorns. Our Lord says, sometimes the seed falls among thorns and they both grow together, but then the thorns smother the seed and they kill it. What are those thorns? Those thorns are riches, material goods, your job, all those material things that you put your mind and your heart into them. And what our Lord is saying, yes, you have to supply for your family, yes, you need to buy stuff, but what he's saying is don't put your heart in those things. Put your priority in your soul, in the soul of your family, Take it away from your job. Take it away from the riches. Take it away from material good. You have to do it, but don't put your heart into it. How do you know if you're too attached to these things? If when you try to pray, it is hard for you to take your mind away from your job and away from your money and away from your material goods and all those things, then you know you are too attached and you need to reject it somehow. If we don't do this, when tribulation comes, when persecution comes, you will be very willing to give up your faith in order to keep your house or your job or your material goods. And my friends, to finish the third one, the one that is more fitting to our case today, that seed that falls among the rocks. And our Lord says, when the seed falls, in there because it doesn't have a lot of ground, it springs up very quickly, but then the sun comes up and it dries. That is the case of all of us, my friends, who have our, our life filled with the world. Those rocks in there are things that get in the way of the Word of God taking root into our soul. And what are these rocks? These rocks is a Facebook, that other rock is a YouTube, this other rock is music, this rock in here is a party. This rock in here is a bad friend. All of these things from the world, that what do they do? They prevent the word of God, the grace of God, to take deep root into your soul. It's there, but it doesn't have deep root. And what happens then is when tribulation comes, when the heat of the sun comes up, when difficulties arise, it will dry out because it never took deep root. So, my dear friends, what our Lord here is telling us today, do three things. Remove sin and the occasion of sin. Remove the worldly things, entertainments, and vain things. Be detached from the material, from the riches, from your job. If you do these three things, your heart and your soul will be good soil, and the Word of God will take deep root, and you will give fruit. And when persecution comes or tribulation comes, you have nothing to fear, absolutely nothing to fear, because you will be in the hands of God. And to end the sermon, I leave you with these words from our Lord, where he said to us, are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God. 
the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are worry, you are more, you, are, you have more value than many sparrows. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.